get ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another Guns and Yellow Ribbons podcast. My name is Fergus. I am your host. As always, I'm joined by my sidekick, Gunnar Hilsey, old man Trev, Trevor, two pint Trev. He's got loads of names, but you know, he's got deep pockets too. Um, back from, um, from a hiatus, I do like that word, is Big T. And back by popular demand, all the way from Vancouver, uh, we have Stan the Man. Um, guys, uh, we're going to look ahead to the Wolves game, but before we do that, we'll probably look to the... Let me take that off the screen. That's a mistake by me. Um, uh, let, uh, we'll look uh, look back to the Brentford game as well. Tony, haven't seen you for a little while. How are you doing, mate? I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. Um, you know, busy, busy life, Arsenal football, bit of fishing, social life. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, been quite a busy few weeks, mate. But um, enjoying enjoying the Arsenal, I must say. Uh, I know not a lot of people are enjoying the Arsenal. I know there's a lot of uh, negative Nigels out there, but I, for one, am uh, looking at the positives over the last few weeks, and I think there's a lot of positives to look at. Well, you must have been very busy because you got yourself some sort of at least halfway normal microphone and we can hear you. Uh, next time, maybe even get a light and that might might help. I've not bought no microphone, mate. If I'm going to be brutally honest and I'm going to tell the world this, it's my daughter's karaoke uh, microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It works. Resourceful. Better, very resourceful. I'm like the younger version of Trev. Very rarely do I put my hands in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. uh, Trev, we'll you've been about... called. Go on. We'll talk no, about this on. weekend in a minute. So, just we gone. Will... What a weekend? What a massive, massive weekend. Um, if I, 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 I mean, I was drinking in the company of Terry, Big Terry, and uh, Fergus. So you can imagine, I took a battering. I took a right battering. I bought them two and all, and that they weren't both mine, but. I just want to. I just want to go on to Tony's point because it's really important. We set this podcast off on the right footing tonight because I've been really fed up with what I've been seeing on social media from some outlets over the last week or two. And it needs to be said. It needs to be said that the lads we have on here tonight, Stan and Tony, we have Arsenal fans on that that on a decent, nice people. We may banter. We may fall out. We may disagree and we may talk about all that, but at the end of the day, they're nice people. They're not people that have been banned from Twitter for abusing people. They're not people that upset other people too much. They're proper, real, supportive Arsenal fans. And that's what this podcast is all about. I'm, I'm not associating myself with anyone other than this podcast. Not that anyone else is bad, but there's one or two rotten eggs out there and I don't want to be associated with that. I'm here to talk about the Arsenal with my friends. And that and, and and that's the whole idea of social media. Enjoy it. And if you can't enjoy what are at the moment, you know, looking really good. If you could if you can pick faults in it and, and, and be quite nasty about it at times, you've got to look at yourself and think, Am I really an Arsenal fan or have I got a different objective? You know? Anyway, Fergus, that's me done, mate. I'm done now. I'm off. See you later. <laughs> in fairness, um uh, I did have a, a few chats with Trev. Um, when we're out for a beer before the Brentford game and subsequently on messages. And to have him on today is a bloody miracle because he was done with all of this. He was disassociating himself with every podcast uh, that we do. And I just pointed out that, you know, th this one is... Big T was back. I'm gone. If I'm honest... Tony, I didn't tell him that. I told him at last minute. <laughs> Stan, welcome back. Um, you you uh, were ill the last time you were on, and you weren't feeling a hundred percent. You're feeling good now. A little bit of a cold, you said, but you're you're feeling good, and you're 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 ready to ready to talk Arsenal. I am, and uh, it's not so bad actually when I get a cold because my voice goes down a couple of octaves and it gets a little bit Barry White, and the missus loves it when I talk with the Barry White. So um, <laughs> I could be on for a promise this evening. So uh, keep your fingers crossed for me, lads. Well, you've got five hours work to do in the meantime. We're already in the evening here, and I'm, there's, there's no promise happening. I'm up here, she's downstairs watching the telly. <laughs> right. So listen, we're first and foremost we're going to look at the Arsenal Brentford game. Um, this was a three o'clock kickoff, and it was quite unusual to have a, a three o'clock kickoff for Arsenal these days. It was even more unusual that Trev held 
two pints. I paid for those two pints. One was mine and one was his wife's. He had already necked his by that stage because he's a greedy gannet. Um, <laughs> we, we made a good day of it, Trev, didn't we? Uh, at 11 o'clock, King's Cross Station. I had a red carnation yeah. on. The whole thing. We, we done, done the whole thing, didn't we? We did. We, we had a lovely day. We had a cracking day at the Arsenal. We had an old school Arsenal day. We just all you would talk about Arsenal all day. And I just, just for you know, just for, to follow up on what, what my mate Tony said there. This is why I come on podcasts to have banter with lads like Tony because you know we've not known each other too long, me and Tony, but we're good mates and 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 I love the bloke to bits. And uh, this is why I come on podcasts to talk to Arsenal fans. But we did have a good day. We started early, didn't we? And uh, I ended up in I ended up in Chinatown with a missus about half past eleven at night after being on it for about twelve hours trying to eat a Chinese with chopsticks, which I'm I'm really pleased there were no photos of that because it wasn't a pleasant sight. But we had a Tony, for, clar- the- for clarity, that's not Cockney rhyme and slang because I'm not into all that sort of stuff, is it? <laughs> Do you know what? I'd be more intrigued to see him sober trying to eat Chinese. Let alone when he's, uh, you know, he's had a few sherbets. <laughs> when, when I'm sober, I've got a bit of common sense, and I use a spoon. <laughs> you know what I mean, or a fork, or a knife. I don't use bloody chopsticks. But me and the missus stayed down, and we had Sunday down there, and all. And we ended up having a right good session Sunday afternoon as well. In 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 around uh, Camden, we had a great afternoon. So it was a proper weekend with proper Arsenal fans. I avoid everyone that I thought might be negative or might say to me, "Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but." I avoided. I, I make no bones about that. I purposely avoided it, and I had a cracking weekend watching the Arsenal win two one. Should have been four or five one actually, but we'll talk about that shortly, won't we, Fergus? We will. And we bumped into a few uh, people who watched the show. We bumped into Bulgarian Guler. Um, I can never pronounce his, his surname. What uh, His name, uh, is it Timon? Timos? Svetomir. Yes, thank it's you. Silent, you, silent you can't pronounce anyone's names. What, no, what's can't. that, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, let's look at the lineups. The lineups we had uh, with Ramsdale in goal, as always. Cedric, White, Gabrielle, Tierney. Party and Shaka, which we will talk about their performances. Saka, Odegaard, Smithrow, and Lacazette on the bench. Leno holding Tavares. Tomiyasu, Elneny, Lakonga, Pepe, Hutchinson, um, and in Eddie and Ketia. Um, Hutchinson was a, a turn up for the books. He's doing really well in the under twenty three stand. Do you know much about um, the under twenty threes and Hutchinson? And were, were you glad to see him even getting onto the bench? And, and would you have maybe played him over Eddie at points? I don't know too much about the uh, under 23s. There's some names that I, you know, I, I catch some names on social media to, and see how they're doing. But I've noticed Hutchinson's been making the bench now on a couple of occasions. But we are very lean in backup. So, I mean, it, it, the, the positive from that, it, that it does give an opportunity for a youngster like Hutchinson to travel with the team, to be around the first team on match day, and just to gain a little bit of experience, even if he doesn't get on the pitch. Mm. Tony, he's been called up and training with the uh, the, the first team now. Um, do you know much of the kid, bar the, the couple of clips that we get shared on, on Arsenal.com? I don't, mate. I'm not going to be brutally honest. I don't, um, apart from the reviews and the, the sort of snippets that I see on social media and, and certain people, John Williamson, um, people to go, you know, follow the Arsenal you know, whether it's first team football or, or you know, academy, uh, ladies, you know, they're, they're the type of people that I listen to. Um, some of the journalists as well that follow the club up and down the country. Um, he's highly rated by all accounts. He's very promising. So, um, like Stan just said there, I think it's great experience whether he comes on the pitch or not, just to be in and around the first team's great experience. And hopefully it's a, it's another player that is a long line at the moment that are coming through to the first team and making a difference. So, good luck to the kid and it can only bode well for the future, you know, not just for him, but for the club um, itself. Yeah. Um, evening to everybody in the chat and who's watching. We are on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube this week. We, we, we're we sticking mostly to YouTube, but we thought because some people haven't been watching us because uh, they prefer using the Facebook app, we, we went on both. But a big happy birthday for yesterday um, to, oh, was it today? Is it Terry's birthday today, um, Trev? Yeah, well, do you know what I think? So you've just reminded me. I've forgotten to say happy <laughs> birthday. Oh, I know you're watching Big Tell. Happy birthday, son! You know I love you. And can I stay at yours after the Watford game, please, mate? Because I'll be too drunk to drive home. 
Trev, what I got you out, that first half was pretty dire. Um, it was really, really, really slow. It was it was hampered by a couple of decisions which we'll talk about. But Brentford came, they're a big side. They did come and just put a low block in and, and it felt very much like it was going down the Burnley route again. Did you did you think? Not do you know what, mate? No, not quite as bad as I didn't think. Um you know, I thought he, he picked the side that we thought he'd pick. You know, he, he uh, Martinelli was suspended, so he brought Smith Rowe in, which was which was in our view all of us exactly the thing to do. We're going to see these youngsters appearing on the bench because, as Stan said, we are down to the bare bones. So you know, we, so we are going to see youngsters appearing on the bench. And I I thought we played. We it's the same old story with the Arsenal at the moment. We um we did everything apart from score a goal. I thought we played all right, Fergus. We could have had a penalty or could have had two penalties. You know, you can argue either way, but when you're an Arsenal fan, you'll argue everyone because we don't get many. And I thought we were just taking a chance away from being two or three up. I didn't think it was dire. Big word, that, Fergus. No, I, I have to agree with Kai. And uh, I, I, when we went in at half-time, nil-nil, my thoughts were we won't lose this game. No, not a chance will we lose this game. I was a, I was honestly 100% confident that second half we would score enough goals to win the game of football. Honestly, mate, yeah. Tony, what did you think of the first half? Bar the controversial yeah. decisions, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk. If, if I'm being brutally honest, mate, I don't think it was as bad as some people have made that. I think it was... Listen, it wasn't It wasn't um, excellent. It wasn't exceptional. But it was pretty decent. And, and you're just missing that one part of the jigsaw. Everything it was in place apart from that one piece. You know, you get that piece of the puzzle in and all of a sudden it's a completely different outlook. It's a completely different side. Um, you know, I'm not, not criticising or digging Lacazette out because he, he tries best him. But at the end of the day, it is what we've got now to the end of the season. So back in. But a proper number nine completely transforms this team and takes us to a whole new level. I mean, I thought Odegaard and, and Gabriel were, were superb Saturday. Um, you know, a couple of other players played well. I thought Shaka done a, you know, had a decent performance. But... Odegaard and Gabriel for me were were exceptional, um, and unfortunately, like I say, it was just it was just really the finishing, um, mm. you know, in and around the box that let us down. Uh, I certainly don't think it was a dire performance. No, dire first half. Stan um, Lacazette was unfortunate. He did score a goal. He was uh, deemed offside um, uh, because of Shaq had passed the ball to him beforehand. Um, did did you find the first half as okay? Dire might be a strong word, but did you find the first half as a, a difficult watch in, like I did or did, did you find it better and what's the missing bit bar a clear number a proper number nine <laughs> well I have to say Fergus that I mean you know I don't really think I can say much more than the geezer upstairs and the geezer here to my to my side here I'm with the both of them I mean that first half I mean this is a game first of all that I was waiting to come around I was I had this one on the calendar and I couldn't wait for it to come around because I've never had no beef with, with Brentford before, but I thought they were quite feisty after the game that we had at the first the first game of the season. Deadline, you know, yeah. they were they were really they were really quite leery about 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 that game. So I was waiting to try and have, like put them back in their box. I was glad how it all worked out. But the first half, exactly the same as what Big T said. The only piece that was missing was the goal. I thought everything is going right today, and I was when it got to half time, we didn't have a goal. I was just like, please do not let it be one of those days where we do everything right, we can't get it in the back of the net, and then on the ninety fourth minute, in a bit of extra time, they managed to get one in off of a set piece, and everything's all undone. So, although I enjoyed that first half, I was still tentative until we got our first goal, and I could feel a little bit more at ease with how the situation was. But I was really up for that game, and Arsenal looked really up for it as well. Um, VAR um, had its part to play in that first half as well, uh, clearly with the offside goal with Lacazette. Um, but more on this one here is a penalty shout out uh, on Lacazette. Uh, I'm going to put it up. Look, listen, the last time we put up the video, the 30 seconds got chopped up by YouTube. I've, I've trimmed it down to about six or seven seconds. So fingers crossed there's no audio in there. They won't pick us up. But um, yeah, here we go. I'll, 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 let's play it. And Tony, I'd like you to talk to me about this, and then I'll go to you, uh, uh, Trev. I, I actually thought it was a penalty when I first saw it. I didn't think that about two seconds before that, Ben White gets tripped. I don't think that's a penalty. I think Ben White makes uh, the most of it. But Lacazette, for me, it's a foul. Um, they've sandwiched him. 
because of the new rules, I, I don't know. But I, for me, I think that's a foul. I think they know what they're doing. Um, I think that all, all the decisions went against us, if, if I'm being brutally honest, at the weekend. But yeah, I was certainly screaming for a penalty. And even more so once I'd seen the replay on, on the Lacazette one. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. Trev, the opposite end to us in the stands, obviously uh, well lubricated by Guinness and beer and everything else. So the eyesight was probably uh, not as good as normal. But did you see this? You've probably seen the replay since. Did you see this as a penalty or did you notice it on the day? It it, it was one of them that could easily be given to any other side, but but it wouldn't be given to the Arsenal third. It, you mm. know, I know it sounds like I'm being awful there, but the pattern can't continue forever. You can't keep calling it coincidence that we don't get them, you know. Um, I thought it was a foul. I thought that it could, it should have been given as a penalty. Yeah, definitely. And then there's a, off the top of me, wasn't there a goal that Koscielny scored and it was disallowed for a, because he'd done a very similar thing to that. And and so it's, we've gone back to the world we use it every week. There's no consistency, Ferg. No consistency at all. Touches like that are given us penalties every week. But Trip, there's a rumor. There was a rumor that, that one didn't even go to VAR apparently. And if it, yeah. if that's if that's true, it makes a, a mockery of the whole thing. Do you not think? Yeah, it, it, of course it makes a mockery of the whole thing, Tom, because it's there to be used and in situ that, the prime situation. It's a crowd of players. There's no way the referee can see which way every leg's going there. So stick it upstairs and slow it down and have a look. And, and and make a decision. So yeah, I'm not. Do you know what? It's strange, isn't it? Because they don't. The VARs don't don't wind me up so much when we win. Call me shallow. Call me biased. Call me whatever. But they don't. But that that should have been given as a penalty, in my view. Undoubtedly, should have been given as a penalty. And uh, I'd love to hear something from the referees about it, but we never will, as long as Riley's in charge. Well, to be honest, you've you've mentioned that several times, and I think m many other people have mentioned it on on mainstream media as well that um referees should be coming out and um you know talking to to the fans um or to, to, to the media at least like to sky and bt and, and the likes and and explaining their, their their actions throughout the game they do it in many other sports i don't see why they can't do it in football uh, there was another incident which was before the goal so we're still at nil nil with a disallowed goal and there was a handball penalty stan i'll come to you on this one um so uh, the ball comes in from Cedric, hits him on the arm. I, personally, looking at that one, I thought that was probably less of a call for a penalty than the first one. Do, what do you think? I never really gave much uh, credence to the people saying that there's a conspiracy against Arsenal. But of late, there definitely seems to be evidence that there's something going on. And when Mikel Arteta turned around and said that, you know, he was going to be talking to officials, and I thought to myself, is that going to do us more harm? You know, he goes in there and uh, tells them how he feels. And as soon as he walks out the door, they're like, right, we'll see you at the next game, Mr. Arteta. And, you know, it doesn't seem that if he has had a word, it's done any good because we had about three or four shouts in that one game that we could have had some, you know, penalties for. And not one of them's given, not one. You would think that the rule of averages would say that we would get something. And I'm sure if those shouts were for the opposition, they would have gotten at least a penalty. So, I mean, as I said before, you know, every week we go into a game, we're playing against 12 people. We've got the first 11 of the opposition, plus we've got the official on the pitch. So we just have to do what we do. We can't. We have to keep out of the way of of giving the the referees opportunities to make it easy for them to give um, shouts against us. I.e., if a player's if your player's going to get round you and you can't tackle him, don't grab his shirt and pull him to the ground, because even though it might look innocuous, we aren't going to get a decision going in our favour. And it's just the way. It's just it, it just seems the way at the moment. And as Trevor said at the beginning of the podcast about you know a lot of negativity negativity that comes towards Arsenal. I actually think it's great. You know, if I was the manager, I would have this, you know, siege mentality going on yeah. right now at Arsenal. It's us against the world. There are no other teams in the Premier League that are our friends. That's what I'd be telling them. We've got no friends out there. The only friends you've got are in this dressing room. It's just us against them. And I would just try and feed off of it rather than whinging about it and going, oh, poor us, and this is not fair. Make it, make it, use it to make you stronger. But 
yeah, the, I, I think there's I think there's um the one that you showed with Lacazette, a couple of other ones in this game. There was definitely a shout there for us to get at least a penalty there somewhere. There's another clip that I'm I, unfortunately it won't it won't uh, load on here that uh, uh, shows it was sent on the WhatsApp the WhatsApp group that uh, some of us are on and it's a foul on Saka with uh, by Palace's McCarthy um, and he kicks the back legs from underneath yeah um, I remember that yeah from under underneath um, uh, Saka. And that doesn't go to VAR. They, uh, listen, I, I don't think there's a, necessarily a bias towards um, uh, an anti-bias towards Arsenal. There's talk about the northern bias that there's more bias towards uh, the southern teams over the northern teams because more referees from up north. I, I, I don't know how how well that stands, but what I do know, VAR, as much as I really really wanted to work, is not working correctly. Trev, your thoughts on that? Yeah. Listen, listen, firstly, Stan, the negativity I was talking about wasn't coming from other clubs, mate. It's the negativity that comes from our own, supposedly, that annoys me. Within. Great word. Great word, mate. That When we're getting ne- negativity from other clubs, I mean, like there's been a, a Spurs fan being very loud on social media. They are blocked him, but he keeps popping up for some reason. I love that because it means we're doing something again. You know, it means, Yeah, absolutely. It means we're doing something again. As for referees, right? As for referees, it's a, uh, you know, if 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 an MP, if a member of Parliament makes makes a hash or does something that 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 people ain't happy with, he has to go on television and get grilled by an interviewer about what he does, and sometimes get belittled. You know, if a player does something silly or does something they're not happy about, they'll be they'll be interviewed after the game and and grilled about why they made that play or why they did that thing. You know, if an actor does something wrong in life, then they're never used again as an actor and they're they're grilled and berated. And so everybody's careful because they don't want to be in that position, right? Everybody does try to do their job as best they can. Referees don't have to do that because referees do not have to come and answer for their actions to anybody. They do it in privately, obviously, and, and we know that, but they don't have to come and answer to the likes of us their actions that they took on the field, why they did it, how they got that conclusion and why it didn't do this or did do that. Now, if they did have to come out after the game and answer a few questions from an interviewer that might probe them a bit, get stuck into them a bit, it might just make them think, it may not, but it might, in my view, just make them think about the decisions they're making on the field and using everything within their power to get the decision right, i.e. send something to VAR, Go and have a look at the screen. And don't don't go over... If you're told to go and look at the screen, don't go over there thinking I'm going to change the decision because they do it every time. Every time they have to, they're told to go to the screen, they go with the VAR ref that sent them there. Have some bottle referees. Grow a pair. Go against, you know, give what you see and, you know, and, and come and be answerable. Mike Riley needs to make his referees answerable. And that will... I'm not saying it will cure the problem, but it will certainly make them think more about their decisions and the reason for making them. Can I add something on the back of that as well? I think that when it comes to VAR, get rid of referees that are currently in the game, refing games, get rid of them operating VAR. You can't have refs officiating refs. You know, it's a boys club. If you're sitting up in VAR and you've got a guy on the pitch and you think, oh, he might not have seen that. The referee on the pitch gets a thing in his ear. Is he thinking like, okay, you up there. Next time I'm in the VAR room, I'm going to put you under the spotlight. I think you should not have refs using VAR. Yeah, great. Get rid of that. Hire independent people or maybe ex-officials or whatever. Train them how to use the machinery. That's a Take great point. Room, have you it know up what? on the screen. Show them out how the lines will work and have independent people working with VAR rather than current officials. And you might see, you might see it being used more effectively. I'd, I'd love Peter to... Walton, not Peter Walton. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd, lo- I'd love to see it um, played out a bit like rugby, where it's in the in the stadiums and stuff like that as well. But I think you could even say the argument that those people could possibly be uh, ex footballers or football pund- pundits or something. I know they're doing all sorts of media work everywhere else, but some of them are actually um, are quite intelligent and do actually understand the game quite well. 
and they're, they're, they can look at it from a footballing, footballing point of view and keeping the rules in mind, where, as you say, the boys' school of referees seems to stick to, you know, they're, they're looking after their people. Moving it on slightly, Tony, you uh, mentioned about a missing ingredient um, earlier in the podcast. ESO's goal, Smith-Rowe's goal on the 48th minute, his 10th goal of the season, the ninth goal of the of the Premier League season. Is he our future number nine? Um, talk to us about the goal and Arteta mentioning that he could be the answer to our uh, replacement for Lacazette. Tony? Hello, mate. Um, yeah, first of all, I don't know. I think the goal was, was different gravy, if I'm honest. Um, I think it... The finish, the run, the confidence is is a player who appears to be growing in stature with every game that, that he plays. Um, I think for me, he's going to certainly add to the, I think it's the nine goals and two assists he's already got this season. Um, and I keep saying, if the World Cup was was this, you know, next week, uh, next month, he's surely got to be a dead cert to go. Um, I think he, he's a special talent, and and he only appears to be getting better. Um, as for positional, um, his position, I think. Going forward, um, off the number nine, number 10 role, I've got no problem, 100%. Um, but I'm not sure if he has the physical stature to play as that number nine as the main role week in, week over, of course, of the season. The game's here and there, fine, I've got no problem with that. But to rely on him over the course of a whole season, I think, would, would be asking a lot from him, even in another year or two when he's got a bit more experience. Um, it might be different, like I say, if he played with a proper number nine and could play off of that, that you know... Um, a juru type figure, then then it may be different. But alone up front on his own in that number nine position, I, I just don't see it for me. Um, I think his best position is either just behind the strike or, or, or sort of left wing where he can just cut inside as he did as he did um, Saturday. Um, Stan, uh, yeah, people, people, people talk of um, people talk Stan, of um, Martinelli uh, up top. Could Martinelli and Smith Rowe in a four four? two type of formation doing what Tony talked about like playing Martinelli playing off Smith Rowe vice versa could that work I think uh, Martinelli could play up front I think I could, he could play anywhere across the front whether it's the left through the middle or on the right and if you played him through the middle you'd probably see that he would float into a lot of different areas Emil Smith Emil Smith I'm not so sure but he's he's so young you know there's plenty of time for plenty of time for development. What I liked about his goal as well, which I've not heard too many people talk about, was the assist from Lacazette. I know that Lacazette's getting um, getting a bit of grief here and there, but that assist to pick him out, I thought was superb. I mean, the the the, the goal, as I mean, Big T took the words out of my mouth, different gravy, mate, just seriously. Do you know what I mean? And we're going to touch on Sackers and the same goes for that as well. But ESR playing as a number nine, I could maybe see him playing as a little bit more withdrawn behind the number nine as that second person. But I'm not, and I think I could see Odegaard also playing there as well. But as a number, a number nine, I'm not sure he's got quite the physicality yet. Do you know do what you I know mean? What, do you know what, Stan? You, you, you nailed it. I was talk a few of the fans, that, the, the few of the lads that stand around me at the Emirates, right? To a man on, we were talking about Lacazette on Saturday and everybody in the area was desperate for Lacazette to get on the score sheet. No, I've never known a player play, not do his job <laughs> to that extent and still be so loved because his efforts, are, his effort levels are superb, but he's not scoring goals and he is the issue. And it's an interesting, we spoke about it last week in that we had the problem where we weren't scoring goals and we've we've now got ESR, Smith-Rowe and Saka as our secondary goal scorers, which is what we've been crying out for our 10, 12 goal a season, boys, right? And they proved it on Saturday. They saved our bacon. They both scored, you know? So, if I, it, for me, you, you don't move Smith-Rowe, you don't move Saka. You you bring, you bring leave Smith-Rowe where he played at the weekend. Me, for the rest of the season, I'll play Martinelli through the middle. I don't think that's Martinelli's good position, best position. But when you think of what our current striker is doing, Martinelli, with the greatest respect to Lacazette, Martinelli ain't going to do any worse. You know, although his, his hold-up play might not be the same, his raising of people's game might not be the same with Lacazette, but would play Lacazette, his, his, his main thing is to score goals. 
and he's not doing it. And it and it's it might be a worry we just have to carry it till the end of the season and he'll just play like is that? Who knows, boys? Who knows? Trev, question, qu- question for you, Trev. I watched the game on uh, the Burnley game, and I watched the game particularly on Saturday as well. And whilst I saw that the first half wasn't lived up to the expectations that you guys saw, but about, by the end of the game, I looked and we got two goals. We conceded a goal, which we'll talk about, but we got we got two goals, and I thought that's against a lot poorer Brentford than the Brentford we played at the beginning of the season. Um, if we come up against better opposition like we've got in a few weeks against Liverpool, we're going to play Spurs, we're going to play Chelsea. Where are the goals coming from, Trev? Because, because you know, we are getting a few goals here and there from Martinelli, from 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 the midfield. But really and truly, where where's our teeth? We don't really have any teeth at the minute. Fergus, are they a worse Brentford or are we a better Arsenal? There is both. There is both. Well, first of all, um, we we didn't have to play with two uh, youth team strikers, so you know. Look, we we, I, I I'm I'm not I don't like making comparisons from even from game to game. We we said it before. We t- I, I take one game at a time, Ferguson. Look at look at how we perform in that game, and and with the with the with the consistency issues we've had up until quite recently, that's the only way you could look at it. Now we played Brentford on Saturday, Fergus. Right? We had possibly we had the best side out we could put out under the circumstances. We couldn't have, we couldn't have put a better side out, and we won comfortably. Brentford scored a goal right at the end. Yeah, we could have done without them scoring that goal, but we won the game comfortably. We were never in danger of losing that game of football. Maybe on another day we'd have scored four or five goals, you know. But we were never in danger of losing that game of football. And that's it for me. I'm happy. We won. There's no buts on the end of it for me, mate. There's no buts. We've had a great win. Um, um, you know, and, and we move on to tomorrow. And But, but, you, but you, you get know, my point, though. It's not a but. I, I, I just, I question if we don't have any spearhead as such. We've got loads of, like, small arrows coming in, but we don't have a spearhead. But Ferg, at the end of the day, can I just jump in? January's been and gone. It is what we've got. It's the hand that we've been given True. and we've now got to use that hand. It's not perfect. We all know that and we all wanted more. But this is what we've got. While Lacazette's doing all the dog work and the hard work, it's allowing the Sackers, the Smith Bros, the Martinez to get in behind. At the end of the day, what we've got is what we've got. We've got on our just back that player till the end of the season. But, and and I, I said to everyone, if, if, we, if we don't succeed because of a lack of goals from our striker, then it will fall on Arteta and Edu. Because they, they, they gambled, and it was a gamble. But right now, everything said is in our hands. There was a guy I, I put in the note, notes for today's um, podcast. He got his opportunity. Um, Pepe came on. Uh, I'm openly not a huge fan. I, I find him very one-dimensional. Um, but he seemed to have fluffed his lines again. He missed He missed quite a, an open goal. You know, right. is it... Is, is it in his head, Tony? We talked about this before. This is why I'm coming to you first. Now I've got the stand. I've blown me out here, look, because he knows I'm going to have him over. No, no, you can you can have me as well. Don't worry, it's all right. Ferg, I think I think I think you're being a bit harsh on Pepe. Listen, I'm not his biggest fan, as everyone knows as well. Um, I think he's failed up, failed to live up to expectations. But I didn't think he'd done anything wrong when he came on. He showed a few glimpses. As for missing the chance, he was never ever in control to get that ball. It was never ever any, you know, any side to, to tap that in. It wasn't a tap in. It wasn't. It wasn't. You know, knocking him for missing that chance. He was never there in that opportunity. Um, like I say, I'm not his biggest fan, but I don't, I don't think he done much wrong. Listen, he didn't. He didn't absolutely shine, but he showed a few glimpses and he didn't do nothing wrong. You know, he, he came on and done his job. Um, to to criticise him on the back back of Saturday's um, sub. Sub sort of uh, what was it twenty minute cameo? I think it's a little bit harsh, even for a man of your stature. I'm not criticising. I'm asking the question, and Stan, I'll put it to you: Is it in his head, or is he just not a good player? I'm not so sure. I mean, it always annoys me when you see a player that you know they've come into your club, you've spent quite a lot of money on them, they're not living up to expectations, they go away on international duty, they play a blinder, they come back, and then they're back into that the, the the dull groove what they were in before they went away. It always annoys me when that happens. I just want to add a little bit onto the Lacazette thing, if I may, mm. um, that, that you that, that you and the lads were saying earlier. And for me, I think that as long as Lacazette is fit, able and willing, he will start every game to the end of the season under Mikel Arteta. And I just think that the reason for that is, is because he really is the experience now in there 
and there does need to be somebody on the field. I think in Mikel Arteta's eyes, to be there, to just have that little bit of experience to kind of father everybody along through the 90 minutes. But to, to Nicola Pepe, you know, I, I, it's not his fault he had the price tag that he had put on him when he came right. into the club. He hasn't lived up to expectations. For me, it's always, you know, for me, I always have to keep pinching myself and remembering that he's now in his third season because I always think he's still settling in. I always have this thing that uh, he's still not quite settled in. I think, hold on a minute, he's been here for three seasons now. He should be well settled in. Another one for me that I think will be moving on in the summer. But again, I think that you will be seeing more of him during the rest of the campaign, purely because we, we haven't got anybody else. And sometimes if somebody's if somebody's having a Tory time or having or you know breathing out of their arse a little bit, he's the only person that can maybe come on and give somebody a bit of respite. Mm, Trev, you uh, we're going to have a go at me. Can you do that now and then talk about um, Saka's sublime goal there afterwards? Look, Lacazette, right? Lacazette. I don't want anybody to think that I'm calling Lacazette out for his performances because he does everything apart from score a goal. He's a bloody good striker apart from putting the ball in the net. He does everything you want from a striker. He runs, he runs, he runs, he runs himself into the ground. He chases the ball down. He can hold the ball up. He finds players out wide, but he just can't put a ball in the net. Trev, so, you know you sound like you're describing there, and it might, I'm hearing Emil Heskey. Well, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Emil Heskey scored more goals, but you see, at, at the end of the day, Stan, at the end of the day. With Lacazette playing up front and with the team we've got, fourth place is in our own hands, right? Fourth place is in our own hands. So we're not that bad. We're not far off. We're not going to go down that road because we spoke about it before. All I was going to say about Pepe Fergus, right, is that I don't think that Pepe is... Jesus, that was horrible. I don't think that Pepe is of the quality player we thought we were getting when we paid all that money for him. He's not been playing recently, so... I'm not going to judge the poor lad on 10 minutes at the end of a game, you know, when he's come on. Uh, if if I'm going to judge him, he gets a run of games. Uh, but I don't think we'll see him play a run of games before now in the end of the season. And like the lad said, I think he'll be off in the summer. I think we've probably got, we're probably going to get at least five players in the summer. There, I've stuck my neck on the line. Well, we've lit you, you... big summer. You talk about. I want to finish up on this game, but you talk about that, the, the, and we'll probably touch it just in the general debate as well. Um, the Arsenal's uh, form, and one of the guys who who goes to that form uh, is in the chat at the moment. But they dis, they discussed um, uh, summer transfers, and they said that they want to get some of the business done early. So, and they have identified some targets. I expect those targets will depend on which competition we're in, and so on. Um, uh, Pepe. Saka, uh, Pepe and Shaka had um, performed fantastic. Pepe, are we finally seeing, Trevor, are we finally seeing the player that we bought from um, from Spain at 45 million? Are we starting to see him come come, come good? Oh, Xhaka? No, uh, uh, Party. Yeah, uh, listen, uh, last week, we, we've called... We've called Xhaka a lot on this show. We called Xhaka a lot. And we're not his best supporters. But we're not going to go down the road of, of, of knocking him um, when he's played well. Last last two or three games that he's played, alongside Party, they've been magnificent. Mm. I don't think that's an overstatement. I think they've been really, really good. They've looked solid. They've supported each other. They drop off and push as they should. I've got. I'm over. I'm over the moon with the way them two boys have been playing. I still think he's a time bomb. I still don't think he's our long term saviour. I still don't. You know, I still don't want to see him really about too much. But you can't knock him for the football he's been playing last couple of games. You know, tomorrow night I'll probably go and get himself sent off and shoot me down. But you know, you got to speak as you find, don't you, mate? You know, and at the moment, yeah, 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 yeah. Our midfield, our midfield is looking all right. You know, our back five is looking all. Our back five is looking more than all right. Our wing play is looking. You know, we create chances. Isn't Tierney playing well now? He's fully, yes. fully back from injury. You know, and Cedric. I, I mean, if I was Arteta, I'd be thinking I've got Tommy Asu fit to play, who's been proper, possibly the signing of the season, but against Wolves and against Brentford. Cedric has done absolutely nothing wrong. He's looked solid as a rock. 
So we've got depth now. We've got a little bit of depth developing. Is that the next step of the plan? Fergus, mm. I'm not knocking. I can't knock them. Can't knock that. To be honest, we've got such a small squad to choose from. Like we've got 13, 15 players or 17 players to really choose from. Um, they've got to give everything. Um, Tony, to finish up on this game, talk me through this Saka goal. This kid gets better and better and better every game. He signed a three-year contract 18 months ago. He's coming up to the end of his contract. Uh, well, that he's coming up to the point of his contract where his agent's going to be saying, give me more money. He's on 80 grand a week-ish, apparently. Um, the club wanted him to sign a five-year deal because they could lock him in longer. Um, but he can write his own check wherever he wants. Liverpool are after him. Barcelona are after him. Everybody's after him. How good is this kid? How good was that goal? And what figure do you write on that check for him? Just to, just to start, obviously, the piece with what Trev and Stan have just said there, Shaka and Party. I, th- I think they've been quality the last few games. Party's really started to come to the sort of front and, and, and show us what he, he was capable of, of uh, um, Atletico Madrid. Um, but when he was on that charge, um, you know, he seemed to take an absolute age before he released that ball to Saka. I think a majority of people were going, release it, release it, release it. And like I say, he seemed to take an age, but the fact is he actually timed it right. And then the touch and then the, the finish from Sack is just just class. It's, it's, I didn't appreciate fully just how good the finish was until I see it on replay. Um, I actually thought he took a slight deflection um, from where I was sitting. But by God, when I when I see it on the, on the replay, what a finish and what a talent this boy is. Uh, another one who, a bit like uh, I alluded to with Smith Rowe, seems to be getting better and better, growing with every game. The more experience he gets, he seems to be getting confident. Uh, and, and certainly in Shaka's, uh, Shaka, uh, um I think he's actually getting physically stronger as well. The amount of tackles he has to deal with, you know, uh, the first half, he got taken out once or twice and they were doing everything to stop him. I think they only got one free kick out of it. You know, mm. so he's dealing with it. He's, he's starting to deal with the physicality as well. He's not lashing out. He's not kicking back. What he does is he gets the ball, gets his head down and then beats the full back again. He's just... We're blessed to have him at the moment, and and alongside Smith Rowe, Martin Elena, I think we need to tie these boys down to, to long term contracts because they are the they're, they're they're here, they're the now, and they're the future. Ferg, Stan? That, Ferg, that's a I ain't agreeing with a big fella, Ferg. You know, but <laughs> he's, I'll tell you what, Tony, you've absolutely nailed it there, and you bang the nail in and all. This is this is the time now at the end of this season. This is when we find out. Firstly what Arteta's management and player skills are like. Because if we if we don't if if, if we sh- if we lose Smith Rowe or Saka or Martinelli or Odegaard who's starting to shine, then then it sends a message to us fans that we don't want to receive. It shows a lack of um a lack of wanting to progress, you know. But but I don't think that'll happen. I really think that something very special is developing at Arsenal Football Club. We have a great summer transfer window coming up, hopefully, and then watch us go. Watch us go. We, you know, these young lads, they're not they're not people we've signed. Uh, uh, Smith, Rowe and Saka, they're not people we've signed in. They're not people that have come to the club as mercenaries to make a bit of money. The young kids, all they've ever known is the Arsenal Football Club. And the biggest battle for us, Fergus, you, 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 you said it, Fergus, you're right. The biggest battle for us is agents, right? Is agents. Because Saka and Smith, Rowe and... and even Martinelli will have agents in their ears now. Come on, I can do this for you. I can do that for you. I can do this Trev, for you. Trev, with, with, with the Saka deal, his agent was the one stopping him signing a five-year deal. I've got yeah. a really good contact that gave me yeah. that information. And, and this is the agent. Finish off so I don't take over so the other boys can come in. I have also have no... I don't, I don't have no knowledge, but in my head, I have absolutely no doubt that Arsenal will currently be talking to people about their summer transfers, Fergus. Hmm. They will be talking to agents. They will be talking to players if they can. They will have a rough idea who they're going after this summer already. They may have even already made them an offer under the table that we'll never, ever know about. But trust me, there'll be things going on. This is Wait, we, but Trev, can I just, can I just touch upon what you've just said there, mate, regarding the transfers? Because... In previous years, we've been desperate to sign players and we've ended up gambling, paying out money. They don't, they're don't they not really wanted at the club, but we've just got them in because we needed bodies. Arteta and Eddie have taken the gamble this year and said, you know what, if we can't get who we want in, we're not just going to bring anyone willy-nilly in because it's just going to take up wages, 
you know, places in squads. What we'll do is we'll we'll gamble to the end of the season. Come the come the summer, we can sign who we want. Who's going to improve this team? Because at the end of the day, the, whether people like what I say or not, you know, especially in the WhatsApp groups, I do think there is a process, and I do think the foundations have been built. You don't when you're on a building site, you don't put a roof on a house without having any foundations. We've now got that foundation. We've got a lot of pieces of the jigsaw. You know, the way that Ramsdale settled in and Gabriel, Gabriel's got to take a special mention. Ben Wright, you know, if someone said to me last last summer, how many players would you cross the road to talk to? Be very few. All of a sudden now, look at the squad and you think, do you know what? 99% of them players, I'd cross the road and shake their hand. You've got players you know who are actually caring about the club. Tom, yeah. I know the drinking culture has gone out of football, but it, they do feel like that every one of them, you'd like to go down the, down the pub and have a pint with. Um, Stan, what figure would you give Saka to sign a new deal? And then we go to the Wolves game briefly. I'm just wondering whether we're going to be able to get him to put pen to paper before the season ends. Um, I don't want, I, I hope the agents aren't, aren't, aren't asking him to wait and see whether in, we're in Europe. And if we're not in I, Europe, then there's a host of clubs that they can send them to. But as for, you know, they can basically write their own check. I mean, I always yeah. felt that when they got their, their last deal, which is a modest deal. I always said, it's going to be this deal, which is going to be the important one, because this is the one now where they're going to be proving themselves to Arsenal. Arsenal looking at them and say, have we done the right thing? Are these, go- are these boys up to it? Can we depend on them? And they're showing now that, that they can. And now this is the big one. We can't lowball them. You know, I don't want to get, I hope, I, I hope that we don't end up in, in any way, shape or form in an Ashley Cole situation where we have one somebody that we bought for the academy leaving us over a, a, a discrepancy of say five grand which it was with Ashley Cole I mean it really surprised me when we lost Ashley Cole to Chelsea because at the time we were competitive as well it weren't like we were down in the dumps we were competitive we're getting there now and I really hope that uh, these two boys are bought into the Arsenal way and they can at least put pen to paper at you know for at least a three-year period and give us more time to improve because the doors are open for him. You can see why Aston Villa wanted ESR to, to come in and replace Grealish. You can see it. It's clear for all to see. And you see what Grealish has just gone for to Man City. So, you know, at some point in the future, maybe they will be leaving Arsenal. But when they do go, it's going to be for a sizable amount. And it will be for an amount that will benefit us. You know, we're not going to go down a road of getting rid of getting rid of a player for like 25 million and leaving about another 60 million on the table because you've been snookered into the last year of their contract. So Arsenal really need to play it cute with these two, but they look happy enough. You know, mm. we, we kind of, you know, we saw that ESR had, and his agent had their resolve tested with all the Aston Villa uh, noise that was happening and there wasn't a problem there. So I really hope that, you know, they put pen to paper just, sooner than later. As long as we match their ambition, they won't go anywhere. And that's, that's I, my personal... I, I do agree. I, I think it's subject to getting European football, be that Europa League, I think... Ideally, Champions League, of course, but I also think um, uh, as long we we can't just depend on their love of Arsenal and being brought up from the age of seven or eight or nine uh, to say that they'll stay because fundamentally they want to earn as much as money as they can before they move on. We're we, we're going to move on. We're going to look at the Wolves game, the Arsenal versus Wolves game. Go on. Ferg, just wait a second, because you know it's we can't. I've just got to have one more thing on this because. It's Saka and Smith Rowe are that important to our football club. They really are that important to our football club. I would hope that Saka and Smith Rowe have, have enough of the Arsenal DNA in them to say to their agents, go and get me the best deal you possibly can. Drive a hard bargain. Get me the best deal you can. Get me every penny you can. But get it from Arsenal Football Club because I'm not going anywhere. That's all I ask from Smith Rowe and Saka. Go, I'd put them on two hundred thousand pound a week if they want. Keep them at Arsenal Football Club. So I've got no, no, no gripe with Saka and Smith Rowe pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing for great deals. But I'm hoping they're saying I want that deal with the Arsenal Football Club. Mm. I'd like, I'd like it to go up in increments. I'd like them probably to get a three-year deal each, so that you know after two years you go in, you know after eighteen months or so you go in and renegotiate again and give them an even a little bit more of a bump, right? Mm. I, to be honest, I, I'd, I'd prefer more performance-related, a little bit like that, like down the road. Do they, 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 they pay Harry Kane the, the, the most money? But his basic is not uh, that all the players' basics are not as big as the Arsenal basics. But they get more depending on appearances, uh, etc. I think we should adapt 
more that before that more than not played on trophies one Fergus and <laughs> <laughs> listen we're going to look at the Wolves game Wolves won this exact fixture 2-1 last season they've not won back-to-back uh, uh, away games for a while they've beaten Tottenham in their last away game and boy did they actually batter them we have got really tough opposition that we're going to play. We only played them a couple of weeks ago. This is a deferred game from Christmas. We should have been played on the 28th of December. Um, you know, myself and Trev uh, were up in Wolverhampton. My liver is just getting over it. Um, and, and and you know, it was a hard-fought 1-0, but we still had 1-0 to the Arsenal. It was our last podcast that we talked about. Um, Trev, What's your expectations about tomorrow night and, and, and realistic expectations? Because I know you're very, very positive uh, as standards. Well, no, no, we spoke about it earlier, didn't we, Fergus? I think tomorrow night could possibly be the hardest game we've had all season. Wolverhampton Wanderers can play football. They can defend. They don't give goals away. Their issue is very similar to ours in that they don't score many goals either. But they are very, very strong football team. And they'll have a bee in their bonnet because we went up there and smashed and grabbed a 1-0 with 10 men, didn't we? You know, so they'll have a bee in their bonnet about that. They've been to North London last week or the week before and won there. So they'll be right up for it, Wolves. We're, they'll be right up for it. And we will have to be our very, very best to get the three points that we, we, we really want. And to be honest, maybe we'll just have to be a bit lucky and get a referee's decision or, or Lacazette's slot of goal in, you know. But th- th- this is a very, very tough game. And uh, I think at the end of the season, if we haven't finished fourth, it could well be Wolves that are finishing fourth. You know, mm-hmm. they're that good. They really looked a good football team. We played really well at Wolves. We beat a very good football team at Wolves. We played so well with 10 men. We spoke about that before. But it's going to be a battle, a hard battle. I'm, I'm hoping and thinking that we'll nick a win, but by God, it is not going to be easy. Stan, um, I think the key with Wolves is make sure we score first um, because you could see what they did to to Tottenham. They scored early and then they, they, defensively, their defensive record is really, really strong. Um, you know, where do you see this game going and what's your gut feeling? Well, you can see by Lacazette's tweet at the end of the last game, right, that the lads had a memory about the way that they were like mouthed off by the Brentford team. So I'm hoping that they're in a similar vein for this one because all that rubbish about the way that we celebrate the goals and stuff like that, it's obvious the way we celebrated like that. We were down to 10 men and it was relief that we got something out of the game because I felt very relieved at the final whistle that we came out of that with a win. So I don't see a problem with that. But I really hope that the boys have got to be in their bonnet about that keep 11 men on the pitch and school them. And I'm, I'm, I feel really confident about it. I think that this team, they don't forget. You can see it. They, they hold grudges, which is what I like. And I'm going to go for a 2-1 win for the Arsenal. Tony, uh, Smith Rowe, um, if he scores another goal, will be the first player to get 10 Premier League goals under the age of 21 since Nicholas Anelka back in 98-99. How do you see this Wolves game panning out? I think, uh, like most Wolves games, if I'm honest, not going to be a hat full of goals. Um, it's going to be quite cagey, um, tight. Uh, lots of attacking play from both sides. Um, I think we'll nick it. Um, whether that's 1-0 or 2-1, uh, I think we'll nick it. But um, listen, make no mistake, this ain't a Wolves team that's that was getting dropped week in, week out a number of years ago in the Premier League. This, mm. you know, this this is a, this is another thing that really grates on me with people as well. That people look at names and reputations as performances. So if you was only to beat Wolves one 0 it's a crap result. Well, no, it's not. Football's changed. We're not the Arsenal of old. Those teams are not the same size as old. You know, you have to go on that pitch and now earn wins, regardless of whether you're at the top of the league or bottom of the league. You have to go out there and earn your wins. If we turn up tomorrow and we play to the best of our ability, we will win. Uh, and that's not, not being disrespectful to, to Wolves. I, I generally think we're we're very close to being a, a very good side. We're just you, we're probably missing two pieces of the puzzle. But you know, I, I think I think we'll turn up and, and beat Wolves tomorrow. Um, like I say, we'll be it will be tight, it will be cagey. But listen, it's, it's it's fifteen cup final, so by hook or by crook, it doesn't matter. How you get the uh, the wins, the most important thing at this stage of the season. There for me, rather than performances. Yeah. 
you're very right, especially about the, the 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 level of opposition that we've got in the league. You don't have to look at was it? 15%? I love being right, Ferg. <laughs> Generally, um, was it, it's seventeen? I think Le- Leicester won the league, and who would have thought, like ten mm. years ago, that Leicester could win the Premier League? Okay, the way the way the stars aligned and 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 and, and clubs performed, like Tottenham and Arsenal and so on, did help them along the way. But still, they won the bloody Premier Leagues, and th- and that's all that counts. That was that that's what will be down in history. Um, Trevor, uh, closing up on this one, Martinelli is back. Do we drop Smith Rowe for Martinelli? Well, what a mess of question that is. Do you want... Uh, no, I wouldn't change the side, to be honest with you, Fergus. I, I'd stick Martinelli on the bench to start with and see how we go as we are. I don't think that'll happen. I think he will be Martinelli in and put Smith Rowe on the bench. But um, no, I would keep us as we were, as we were... I don't think, I, I don't quite share the confidence of the boys. I don't think we will concede. I don't think we'll concede. But I think if we win it, it'll be a 1 0. A 1 0. And uh, I think we'll nick it because it's going to be very tight and very close. You watch it, it'll be 5 4 to us now, knowing my luck. But no, <laughs> I love I, that. I, I don't think we'll concede. I don't think we'll concede. And I think that uh, I think we should nick it 1 um, 0. Tra- trains are pretty crap and stuff tomorrow. Are you, are you down for the game or are you, you're ducking out on this one? No, I'm down tomorrow, yeah. Oh, I should be down tomorrow. Oh, that's, yeah. that's good, good. Um, Stan, what's your thoughts on, on, on uh, Tommy Asu? If it, you mentioned about Cedric, how good he played. Um, do you drop Cedric and, and, and play Tommy Asu? What's... I think where we are at the moment, because there's so much at stake of where we finish... I know that Cedric's had some good games, but I think we need to go out with your best eleven, just to be sure. You know, you can always you've always got Cedric on the bench in case you need him if Tommy Asu looks like he's a little bit rusty or something. But I would just go with the first best eleven and take no chances. It's just too much at stake. Mm-hmm. God, we got Martin Atkinson in charge. Uh, so I think Terry put it in 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 the chat that uh, he's the ref. So there's bound to be a red card coming along. Hopefully, it's not for us. Um, guys, thank you very, very much uh, for joining us tonight. Trevor, Tony, Stan. Um, Stan, let people know where they can get you. You're on several podcasts. Apparently, you're everywhere at the moment. I am everywhere at the moment. I'm uh, back on tour. You can catch me there on uh, Twitter. or oh, it's just gone there, at Stan underscore the underscore man 68. Uh, tomorrow, I will be doing a post-match uh, analysis with Danny the GFP over on the Burkamp Wonderland. And then, as usual, for the Thursday evenings, I will be with Ray and the lads on the Arsenal Fan Circle. I'm uh, planning to join Ray and the lads on Sunday, 7pm UK time, 11am stateside. Tony, where they can find you? Block four, normally out, you're not. No, don't be like that. I'm here, there and everywhere, you know what I mean? (laughs) Uh, uh, Generally in the pub, mate. uh, Obviously, yeah, block four just before kickoff. And then, uh, yeah, occasionally pop pop round to say hello to you boys in uh, block six or seven at half time. Can't wait. Block five, you know. Stay as far away from me as possible, you know. Absolutely. Uh, Trev, I will see you tomorrow. Uh, shout out to yep. Ben in the chat who came down into block five with us uh, in the second half. He was stuck over block seven or no, about eight or nine, and there was nobody around there doing some singing. And me and him, uh, we lit up block five. Well, at least about 20 of us around there because everyone was singing about Tottenham getting battered chips and in a chip shop down the Holloway Road. Um, while we were did, pe- did Ben put his uh, song police hat on? He did. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ben. <laughs> Listen, before we go, Ferg, Jar Riders in the chat. Um, Raiders from, of the night. Riders of the night, even. Riders of the night. Fantastic, fantastic. Don't forget, you promised me I'm on that list next time, mister. Don't forget. Yeah, we couldn't get in. We couldn't I, get in. I, I was. Uh, it was a nightmare. I, I was queuing, but the missus was cold. And um, and I, I just, I, had to, I we had to go in the end. So, yeah. But, uh, he wanted to get his chopsticks into some noodles, didn't he? Well, the, the trouble was, it was about 10 pints before we left there, before we got the chopsticks. But what a fantastic weekend. And once again, Ferg, what a fantastic podcast tonight. Four really Arsenal fans. It. Four Arsenal fans talking Arsenal. Stan, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, mate. Big T, we get at each other, mate. But it's always a pleasure. Um, this is just before This is just before um, Fergus shuts us down. This is, what, this is why I come on podcasts. 
this reason only to talk to my mates about the football. We ain't we ain't agreed all the time. We've we, we've had, had different opinions, but we've all got on. We've not called anybody out, and I don't care if no one watches it. To be honest, I love that people watch it and listen and enjoy it. That's but a bonus, we, right? If we've got yeah. one listener or a million listeners, right? I still talk to me mates. I'm here to talk to me mates about the Arsenal. And if people want to listen, that's fantastic. Thank you very much. Right, Ferg, I'll let you get on there. I'm not talking anymore tonight. Well, these guys got a big men. Well, we, these, um... these guys got a big mention today. <laughs> so we'll uh, sound off with these and then we'll do our usual exit. Thanks very much, everybody, for watching us. Uh, if you like what we do, uh, you know what to do. Click the like button on YouTube and follow us and everything else. to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.